This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. And we're here to talk all things Star Wars. Isn't that right, Mr. Mark Herleman? This is true. Welcome. In fact, I've got notes. You've got (laughs) notes? What the heck? You came prepared? Show notes, baby. What the? What in the heck? I am shocked. Shocked, I tell you, sir. It's good to have you back, Mark. It's been a hot second. It's been since the holidays, really, since we've been able to get you on the Star Wars report. So, always a ple- always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. Uh, <laughs> I'm resisting really hard the, the dad joke of, it's been a whole year. Oh, I did it anyway. You did? <laughs> yep. There, that was it. You just did it. That's exactly what you just did. Um, but yeah, man. Welcome. Welcome back. How's life? Oh, I lost you, Mark. Dang it. I think it muted you for a second. No, there you didn't. You. I'm just, I, I hit mute instead of uh, Life, unmuting. It's, it's left you speechless is what you're saying. Right, <laughs> right. Which is uh, pretty much how I've been with uh, Charles Sewell's uh, Light of the Jedi. Oh. I uh, just finished it actually uh, yesterday. Uh, my advanced review copy. And yeah? The, the, the final proof to compare to. Um, in fact, me and Jim just got done recording the beyond the films coverage for it which what? should be dropping sometime in the next week or two here probably this week i'm hoping um but yeah man the the project uh, they had that whole arthur thing yesterday uh that dropped they were showing new book There's... covers and stuff this is uh, for me this is a good time it's a golden age in star wars it's, i say that a lot but it's uh, a fresh know, start it, you're right it's a fresh start it's a new year new, it, it's no longer 2020 Listen, it's I, I, guys. I understand this is a little bit stereotypical to be like, "Oh, thank God, 2020's over." But seriously, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's and it's arbitrary. It's just the rolling over from one day. Literally, nothing has really changed that much. But it's a new year. I had a great idea for a TikTok video where I was like, "It's 2020, 2021, 2022." Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more years of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, something like that. But I'm I'm glad to have you on board. You're right. We do have a lot of of news to talk about, and I'm interested to get your take on um, High Republic. I know I am currently 114 pages in. Uh, I don't know why I remember that specific number, but I do, um, and I'm enjoying it very much. I'll talk about it in Boba's Bounty later in the show. But let's jump into. Some news. We have something to report. Jump closer, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. 
Uh, that's right. We have a lot of news, starting off with a, a, a morsel, a teaser from, from the big news this week. But I wanted to touch base because I'd, I'd seen a lot of it. And I also thought it was a perfect segue to get your reaction, Mark, because we haven't had a chance to actually get your reaction here on the show to the uh, season finale of The Mandalorian. Spoilers ahead, by the way, folks, if you haven't seen it, but I'm sure you have if you're listening to this podcast. But um, I think it's indicative of how much The Mandalorian has become the standard bearer, the flag to which we, the Star Wars fandom has rallied around. Um, because I saw a bunch of articles talk, reporting how uh, Disney is reportedly going to replace or maybe augment the uh, sequel trilogy characters currently at Galaxy's Edge with uh, characters from The Mandalorian. Um, and you know what I, my first thought? Hmm. I tweeted this actually at the Riley guys. Like, this is my shocked face. That's my shocked face. I, uh, I'm not surprised one bit because like when you have baby Yoda, they've already done these sort of unofficial baby Yodas where they kind of displayed the little Yoda dolls and they're like, Hey, you can believe it kids. Right. Uh, so it makes sense to me, but, uh, Mark, I want to get your take on it. You know, it definitely puts to rest little problems. Like, well, what is your antenna dish on the moon and Falcon? Like not the right one, man. (laughs) Uh, when you can blend the eras, because I mean, think about that was one of the big questions with Star Tours. You know, it's like, well, you got Star Tours over here. What's going on with that? And then, you know, we're going to set it all in this era. Then it did kind of limit what else you would be able to do with it. Um, if you're definitely going to use the characters from The Mandalorian, the way that they have produced Galaxy's Edge as a park amusement, I would assume then that the entire park would shift to that time frame that the Mandalorian was in, or we'll find out spoiler alert that the Mandalorian's still alive and kicking and perfectly well and doing stuff at Batu <laughs> during the <laughs> sequel trilogy. Um, I, mean, I mean, that that for me is the one thing I find the most intriguing about it is what are they going to do from the storytelling aspect of it? I, yeah, because that was the promise is that they wanted it to be this immersive experience. And a big part of that was setting it at a specific point in the timeline at a, at a new location that's re- kind of remote and hasn't been, it's not weighed down with any previous fiction. And that's the whole idea of Batu when they designed it. Well, but, Disney um, World's got that luxury cruise ship hotel that I know. you can stay at for a weekend. So, I mean, they're knocking the immersive out. So, I mean, to do that shift. Yeah, that's where my brain goes. It's like, so are we going to fine-tune the experience, or are they just going to be random characters? I mean, I guess you could do either one, Mm. but it's Disney. I kind of expect a little more. You know, like, they think this stuff through. (laughs) Yeah, I I still, like, there's a reason they've left all the character photo ops and stuff in the rest of Hollywood Studios. instead. Mm -hmm. uh, Because, listen, guys, uh, kids want to take a picture with Darth Vader. They want to, you know, they want to take a picture with... uh, uh, I don't know, bb is not a good example, but like all the character photo ops that they have. Um, Job of the hut. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think, well, but I think it also is just indicative of, of what Mandalorian has come to represent. If, if this should come to pass, it just kind of makes perfect sense um, that Mandalorian became, became part of pop culture in, in every single way that uh, frankly, um, the sequel trilogy did. Um, I have to ask, Mark, you're a pretty big Luke Skywalker guy. Um, pretty big uh, fan of him 
uh, in the expanded universe in the films, yes. he's yeah. always yeah. been. I think. I think Luke for you, Mark, has been what he has been for many, uh, especially of your generation. Which he's sort of the, the the hope, the the optimist, the light, the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Right? He's that character that inspires you to go blow up your Death Star, <laughs> leave the farm. Right? It's the classic story. Um, but I gotta ask, what was it like seeing uh, the return of? Luke, and not just any Luke, just the Return of the Jedi Luke, literally, like looking exactly like Return of the Jedi Luke. Right. I uh, so you can hear my full in-depth analysis of season two with mm. Michael Morris on Mandocast. Um, uh, we just recorded that last night, and I believe he's dropping that either today or tomorrow. I just saw it in my uh, feeds. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you can get my full thoughts on the entirety of that season uh when it came to watching luke uh dude to be honest when he first shows up and there's that whole there's one x-wing you know for a second i thought maybe, maybe it's luke it's probably luke <laughs> and then i was like but it could be kyle Cartarn. it could be <laughs> kyle it could be kyle oh and only I was like, you yeah but if it was kyle like i immediately talked myself off that ledge right and then we see the lightsaber light and i'm like oh <gasps> Okay, that's got to be Luke, you know. Yeah. And like, I'm still kind of like in disbelief. The music's got me. I'm I'm watching the action like holy cow. At this point, I'm trying to see the the hilt of the saber, mm-hmm. but I missed the first two scenes that you could see that. My first viewing on my second. Oh, one, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely Luke's saber right there. Oh, yeah. but it happened so quick that if you don't catch it right away, you'll be sitting there spending the rest of that scene going, "Is it? Is it? Is it? No, it is. It, what? Yeah, yeah." Uh, <laughs> so I was kind of like that all the way up through it, and then I kind of had that suspension of the time frame mm-hmm. so when the episode ends and, and luke flies off i'm like but he's gonna fail i was immediately that was where i was like remember people he fails he fails as a teacher <laughs> of jedi and then i remembered after the fact somebody pointed it out to me that you know there's still 25 years before luke's order there's falls. a lot of time I was like okay i can there's a lot I can of time breathe again yeah you know if, for me the big thing after luke you know was was where did they go from here which could be exciting because, you know, now we could actually have Luke as a, a background C or D character in either the Mandalorian or maybe even the Soka story. That, I think, would be a pretty interesting thing because, like, you mm-hmm. know, the character itself, when I first saw what they did with the digitation, I was like, oh, it's not Sebastian Stan. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan interesting. of that idea. So you... But- Good. Did I, well? I I think I just cut off, cut off your point, but I was curious because I've I've seen some very honestly. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about it because I've seen some pretty convincing arguments on both sides of like, hey, right. it's time to recast a character. Don't be precious. The, Luke Skywalker and all of the Star Wars characters are bigger than their. I'm summarizing, but that's kind of the version of that right. argument. All of these characters are bigger than just the actors who originally played them. But at the same time, you know, Mark Hamill's still around and. He's obviously gotten a kick out of of returning to the character in very different circumstances than he was well, in the you, sequel you trilogy. Where I sat with Alden Ehrenreich going in, like I I wasn't too thrilled to the idea of of having a different Han Solo. Yeah. But the more I have watched that movie, yeah, the more I can't see anyone else as young Han Solo, and that's you know that's one of my favorite Star Wars films now. Yeah. And it didn't start out that way. Um, but I just, the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it. And that's what happened with, with Luke. Like, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, I didn't feel like the aging was right. I felt like he looked younger than he should have at that age frame. 
Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of, I was kind of a little butt hurt that it wasn't Sebastian Stan. So I was like, <laughs> second viewing, I was <laughs> I was more willing to accept it for what it was, and I was trying to just see like, is it, it? This isn't really any different than Leia being in Rogue One or Tarkin. Okay, yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah. By the third, I knew what was coming and everything. So like, I was kind of like the uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Ooh, ooh, ooh! You know, getting all excited. Fourth viewing, the music, everything hit me. I was an emotional mess, man. I mean, <laughs> the more I watch that episode, the more it just crushes me. And I'm just like, oh, now when I get to that end point, I'm just like, where does the story go from here? And that's I can't wait to find out next. Because yeah. in my mind, I go all sorts of different directions. I'm like, you know, you either Grogu just disappears with Luke and we don't see him again until he shows back up in the narrative of Din's story. Or we get an option where we can maybe follow Grogu for some of the time in some of the episodes and we learn really cool new things. But I don't know. Yeah, I but think I'm excited they, to find out. They did kind of close that chapter and I'm okay with it. Like, I, I actually right. think if they'd stretched out the, like, what does he do with Baby Yoda, uh, who babysits Baby Yoda, this uh, Grogu, <laughs> this episode, like, I think that would have gotten a little tiresome. So I think they've made way for, um, to let boba fett be boba fett in his series and let the mandalorian be the mandalorian and whatever conflict arises in the remnants of mandalore and the uh, the next battle of mandalore where we will finally get to see a, a live action battle of mandalore which is my what i think is going to happen um i i am in agreement with you one thing i was pointing out to to michael and even to jim on beyond the films was mm. When I watch Katie Stackoff during that scene where Din comes walking onto the the bridge and he's got Gideon and he's got the Darksaber, when you watch all of her facial expressions through all of her dialogue from before she speaks till the end, mm-hmm. I swear to God, dude, she is channeling her villain from The Flash. Like that is the oh, same really? face she used <laughs> when she was delivering those lines. And I was like, oh, dude. Like, yeah. I. I am so on the fence there because on one hand I want to see them go toe to toe, but like I want it to be like like Cobra Kai, where like can we all kumbaya when it's over? Like, <laughs> like I don't want to have a rivalry here. <laughs> yeah, I like Bo Katan and I like Din, and I don't want to see one of them die. But at the same time, I do kind of want to see him go at it, and I kind of want to see her have a little dark side action. I mean, she's got a my precious going they... for the dark saber, and I want to see that through. <laughs> she does. It is like uh, her jealousy was real as she saw. <laughs> the dark saber in his hand like uh, that's definitely a real thing uh for yep. sure so i'm i we'll, we'll probably dig into a little bit more we're going to do on the second half uh the next segment after this we're going to talk all about um what's coming in 2021 i'm excited to kind of see what you're most interested in mark but let's actually talk about i think the biggest news this week which is the high republic and there's a trailer we are the guardians of peace and justice. Beyond the stars is a near endless frontier. Our order was meant to shine its light in even the darkest corners of the galaxy. There, we found an evil that none of us had trained for that threatens all we know. An interconnected mega story. That's what they call it. It's a mega story, Mark. For the survival of the Republic... The fate of all Jedi. 
for control of the Force itself. What? A new adventure begins. Star Wars The High Republic. First novel out now. Uh, Mark, did uh, you get a chance to see the trailer? What was your first reaction? You know, I, I've been knee-deep in information about this stuff, you know, because of the review stuff. So I, I knew it was coming down the pike and stuff. And when the trailer dropped, I was excited to watch it with everybody else. Uh, you know, I've got thoughts, man. Mm. Uh, especially after Light of the Jedi. Like, you know, digesting that. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. So what I'm going to talk about <laughs> is the crawl. Okay. 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 I'm a little irritated. <laughs> Just a little mm-hmm. irritated. And they talk about it here in the background. Like, it's like this big threat. Okay. I, I'm down. I get it. There's a big threat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the way they talk about it in the opening crawl, and it's the it's the same at the beginning of all of these books. We'll go into. We're not talking the dust jacket one. We're talking the right before you start the story. That opening crawl, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I guess this kind of counts as a spoiler, but not really because this has been out forever. Um, but it goes. Let me guess. It's not in this book after all. There we go. <laughs> no, you're good. It it is it, it... right here. All right, it's that one that starts with the galaxies at peace. Well, I'm going to jump to the third paragraph. It says, but just as a magnificent renaissance spreads throughout the Republic, so does a frightening new adversary. Now the guardians of peace and justice must face a threat to themselves, the galaxy, and the force itself. Itself. The force itself. Three things. The, uh, the, the, what are the three again? We got the, the galaxy, the, the force. The threat is to the galaxy, the Jedi, mm-hmm. and the force itself. The fo- this book is awesome. Don't, don't get me wrong with this critique. But I don't think that the threat that we see out of this book hmm. threatens the force at all. It barely threatens uh, the Jedi. So, I mean, there's got to be more to this series than what we get yeah. in this first book because of that opening crawl. Because that opening crawl is, again, used in other books. So I'm like, okay, there's something coming. Yeah. <laughs> that said, that's my only downside, man. This is so, cool. There were so many times well, when I was reading this, Riley, that I was like, this feels a lot like the New Jedi Order. <laughs> it does, honestly. Like I, So I am... Um, about uh, about 114 pages in, like I say, you're to, right before the interlude where we get to know the villains. I think I think I'm like I think I literally got up to the interlude. I want to say, yep, and that's where I I've just stopped. Looked. 114 is right. There. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's where I th- I got a good place. I literally did that in like one sitting too. It, it was very captivating, but I, I I will say this: it's um, they they're promising a lot. They're selling really hard, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to be tough to live up to because they're definitely showing a lot of confidence in this series. This is sort of the next era and, and, and they broke it down. Like um, it, there's a recent um, like uh, online event with all the uh, authors talking about the reveals and, and, and let's break, let, let's get to the brass tacks. Let's break it down. They're doing three phases. Mm-hmm. Sounds very, very MCU like. <laughs> Very, that sounds marvelous. Three phases. Um, phase one, Light of the Jedi. Phase two, okay. Quest of the Jedi. What? Phase three, Trials of the Jedi. So phase one, Mark, are you ready for this? Phase one goes from through this year, 2021, into 2022. And they're not, quote, I'm not sure how far, I'm not going to say how far it goes into 22, but I can say that there will be a steady stream of books, comics, 
and magazines coming your way on a monthly basis, which is really exciting, revealed Lucasfilm Publishing Executive uh, Creative Director Michael Siglin on the virtual panel Monday. Now, I've actually, I've been, I've been, Mark, I've been, I actually feel bad sometimes in my Star Wars career because I've landed myself at a, a lot of conventions over the years and i always end up going to these author panels which and you know the books aren't necessarily my thing i'm like man mark would be mad that i'm not um hey i live vicariously through you sometimes that's okay (laughs) yeah well i mean but but i've I've been to plenty of and i've seen i've seen uh the uh, executive creative director uh michael siglin he'll often be the host of these panels and they'll kind of break down with the authors what the various characters and so he's definitely he's been at the helm of, of of publishing this whole time and i think this but i get the sense um that this is their first crack to re- crack at breaking off into their own universe and i think that the authors and the publisher is really excited about it but that's also i think why they're 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 selling it so it's a multi-year initiative and that's like un, that's unheard of since the old expanded universe this is you're right this is very new jedi order but like times five yeah well yeah that's what me and jim were talking about on beyond the films was you know when the new jedi order came out the comics weren't tied to it you know i mean it was all just in the books um, and, and pulling from things from comics and all those things and having the collaboration there, the closest that we've seen from Lucasfilm in this, I would say would have to be shadows of the empire. Uh, you know, where, you know, mm-hmm. we had the, the talk of Lucas from the start, we had the video games, the comics. That's true. That yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that was probably the closest to this, but as I was reading this, I mean, one of the things that I would say it reminds me of would be a Brian Freed story in the aspect of how many people are thrown out there. And again, I'm talking about Charles Soule's Light of the Jedi here. Okay. Charles does a great job of bringing out so many characters for this era. I mean, some of them are literally just a name drop, but a majority of every time he does it, it's here's the name of the character, their species, the character description, a trait, you know, all, things right there and then. Whereas when I was reading Brian Freed stuff, it's like a lot of names, but there was just literally just names. And then you never heard of the names again, and they were just there for nothing. Whereas when you get done with this book and you look at the books that are coming down the line, you're like, oh, that's – oh, Skier. Skier, he's going to be in the comics. Okay. Uh, Ro, she's got her own young adult book. Okay. Oh, and the, the Wookiee's got a kid's book. So – you know, you immediately start to recognize all that stuff from the descriptions here. So mm-hmm. I, I really got a kick out of that. What I find interesting, though, is this whole face thing, because, like, you know, we think immediately Marvel. Sure. But I, I, I don't I don't know if, like, when they talk face, if they're meaning more like a marketing push or if they're also talking marketing slash story, kind of like what's going on with Netflix right now with the Transformers trilogy where, you know, the second trilogy just, or the second season of the trilogy just dropped. The first season came out and you kind of get a little bit more and each season has its own flair flavor kind of thing. It's and, definitely, I mean, the, the well, the titling of this leads me to believe it's like that. But well, th- that's what they're telling us. I, Mark, I think that they're definitely, um, at least selling it as uh, phases based on story because they detail phase one because of course we uh, aka yesterday today yes no today um the first book dropped which is charles soul's light of the jedi makes sense that's the first name of the first phase um but also justina island's a test of courage and kevin scott's the uh, great jedi rescue uh claudia gray's into the dark arrives february 2nd to comic book series which is Marvel's Star Wars The High Republic. 
and IDW Star Wars The High Republic Adventure, which Adventures, which is geared towards younger. Um, that doesn't have the Chinese books in it then, does it? So those must be their own thing altogether. Because I know that their story set in The High Republic is like 50 years before episode one. So it's it's like 150 years after everything that's happening right now that we're just getting in Light of the Jedi. So... Because I don't see that anywhere, and that was what that was what made me think about like, well, if, if that's part of the interconnected story, then how are they going to work that with that such a big time gap? But the only thing I could think of is because it's exclusive to China, that's probably doing its own thing altogether. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I'm excited. the The rest of the phases that we know as well. Um, let's see, Rising Storm is Scott's second novel, and that comes out in July. So they're hitting they're hitting pretty fast and furious, which. Um, I, I like. I, I think that it it has a lot of potential. I will say this: the I, I'm not I'm not super sold on any of the characters so far in the book. N- nobody's really jumped out to me as someone like what I a, really what care a, what about. What about Bell and Loden? Do you know those character names? Yeah, yet? that's probably the most compelling story. They kind of remind me of the Qui Gon Obi Wan dynamic <laughs> right? or, or anakin and obi-wan at times yeah yeah they, they, they were one of my favorites of the sets of jedi because i feel like the jedi come in little play sets in this book yeah <laughs> like, like there's the great rescue where they're all there except for yoda and the younglings oh wait no in the forest you can feel them uh, i'm sorry I'm, that's probably spoiler <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> but, that's fair right? I, but... I just i like i like the fact that the way that you come across the jedi this time frame it's their golden age and so you know the technology and stuff feels old but new because of the way they're using it. But I, I think that when you get to the point where the Jedi start breaking up in the story, you don't you're not following them as a big collective. I think that's where for the Jedi, it's kind of hard to pinpoint who the main players are in this story. Um, you know, and I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They really need character lists in their books again, like especially when you're kicking off a new era. That was one thing I loved about the New Jedi Order. Throw some maps in there too, especially with the, you're having this whole Starlight Beacon and stuff going on. Um, yeah. But one of the things Jim had pointed out is that Marvel Comics is going to be doing a Luke or, or not a Luke, but a Doctor Afra adventure where they're going to be apparently going to the relics of. The station. I was like, oh, I didn't even, I don't know how that one missed me. There's so many things with this project that I'm still finding out new stuff every day. Yeah. No, I, I think there's, I, I, here's the thing I don't want to do. Cause I've, I, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of prejudgment on the higher Republic already on social media and stuff like this. Like, like you do, you see this stuff, but like I, I legit, I'm excited to finish the book and uh, come back next week uh, with a, an objective, um, review that actually talks about the strengths and weaknesses because I, I do have some reservations with some of the storytelling um, and, and, and some of the way that they're framing the marketing. Yeah. When it comes back around and it's been out for a while, I too would love to chat with you on marketing because that, like I said, with the crawl, that's one thing. I mean, and I can't wait for you to hear the episode of Beyond the Films because <laughs> we had a great theory as to how we could come up we came up with a retcon or a, or the plot idea going down we're like that it make it all make sense but i until you finish the book i really can't put anything yeah, in your head yeah <laughs> no no I'll, I'll i'll be back i'm gonna finish it this week I, I i i am i literally read through like a third of it in one sitting it is a page turner i do enjoy that about it but you know what i think um I think we got to move on and talk a little bit about and, until we actually have more high republic to actually discuss on the podcast um we're going to have to talk some uh, about 2021. Mr. Hurlman, 
Ooh. It's a new year. Uh, new start. Which links should I be opening? New first? star. New Star Disney? Wars. Well, I, I I snagged two links um, of like the video games and then Disney Plus primarily. But there's a lot coming out. There's a lot coming out in the world of Star Wars, and um, I, I I'm 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 probably as optimistic, honestly, even without a movie coming out, as uh, as I was during any year of the sequel trilogy. I'm just excited for this year being a Star Wars fan. It feels more familiar to me to be like talking about new books and video games. And so like, that's, that's what we had to do for years before, uh, before the Disney era. Um, I, I'm telling you, my man, I am so excited about the TV aspect. That's true. Um, you know, we were, we were just talking about season two of the Mandalorian and where season three could go. One thing I'd asked Michael and I'll ask you too. Do you mm. think the Mandalorian should end after a third or fourth season or should it be a show like supernatural that just keeps going until they either decide we've gone enough no. and come to a conclusion or should they do like Obi-Wan where they're like, Hey, we've got an idea. We're going to only do six or so episodes. Then we're going to pull the plug or with the case with the Mandalorian, we're going to do three seasons or four seasons. However that number is, I mean, which approach do you prefer now that would seems to be that Disney is uh, willing to do both? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I, I definitely think that get the sense that they're one or two seasons and out on most of these projects. I don't think man and Mandalorian's the exception. I think that's going to be honestly the longest running. Um, because see, I, and I don't see it going on too much longer unless they no. decide to always keep his helmet on. No, I no, I really, I legit think that they've got one, maybe two more seasons of Mandalorian and that's all that, that's all we've got. Um, mm. I think that that's, that's where that's going to top off. But, um, but I have to say what, what, Rather than going through the whole list, just to start off, um, what are you like most excited about in 2021 in terms of Star Wars? I man, well, that, that's a good question. Because are <laughs> any of these TV shows actually coming out in 2021? Like one, we know one of them is, but I think it's only Boba Fett. It's just Boba Fett. Like we haven't even locked down that the Mandalorian is 100% going to drop in November slash December of 2021. Like I'm like. That that's such a weird mystery to me. That how did this happen? Hey, how does a new show get put out before <laughs> that other show? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, because like you know, of the list of shows, I am excited about a lot of them. The Boba Fett one, I don't know because like I was excited about the character, but where that little sneak peek went, I'm like, wait, we're, we're <laughs> a gangster now? Like, yeah, I was down with the retcon of finding out that maybe he was never really a hired gun and maybe he was actually more like a lieutenant. Like, okay, I'm down, but I, no, I, I, I don't this think it's a whole new fet for me, buddy. <laughs> I no, I don't know. I think I mean, it makes sense to me just that, um, it's, it's his revenge. Like Jabba's already gone. So it makes perfect sense for him to be the one to like take out. I honestly, that was my favorite scene in the whole episode of the last episode of Mandalorian. Just seeing freaking fat Bib Fortuna uh, just taken out right there on the dais. It was amazing. The McClunky. McClunky. Um, yeah, I, that's honestly, that's what I'm personally most excited about. Second place is probably Bad Batch, um, which is the other two confirmed. There's really those two confirmed Disney Plus series uh, when we're talking like what's coming out in 2021, at least that we know of. So I, 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 I'm... Bad Batch, just yeah. because I have this, uh, I have this very emo- emotional 
attachment to the the Clone Wars era, and I love that it's continuing in the form of the Bad Batch. And like literally with the logo and the trailer that they gave us, it's like Clone Wars fading into Bad Batch, really like leaning into that connection. I like that a lot. Right. In fact, I've already pre-ordered my uh, Crosshairs and Hunter uh, Black Series six-inch figures because they look so badass. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we talk about the ones that were mentioned, one that really excites me, again, getting back to High Republic, was the Acolyte. Um, When they first Mm -hmm. mentioned it, they didn't tell us at the time that that was going to actually tie into the High Republic. And later they said, "Mm, it is. It's going to be at the end. And I'm like, ooh. Like, I don't even... I don't even know where we're going to go there. I've got theories that you can hear on Beyond the Films where we spoil the heck out of the book, but yeah. um, <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I want to share it with you guys, but I want you guys to get there and get this kind of high on your own. <laughs> because yeah. if it's spoiled, it just it's not No, the same. no, it's not the same. No, I, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Um, but, you know, the other interesting thing with um, with Star Wars is the sort of gaming side, and that's for the longest time... The, the future, well, not the longest time, but there was Battlefront 2. Well, here's the interesting thing. Here's the thing. All right, you guys ready? Here's the thing about Battlefront 2. Um, talk about like the worst launch, honestly, in video game history. <laughs> the most disliked Reddit post ever from the developers. Um, like, honestly, that, that's, that's, that's where it started. It started with a really bad rap with the gaming community, and it hit hard. Like, um, to the point I remember reading rumors about like Bob Iger and like bigger brass at Disney were getting ticked off at EA for like damaging the brand of Star Wars, like writ large because of the way they unrolled uh, out Battlefront 2. But ironically, that that's sort of the narrative is like, well, and it sucked and we didn't, they weren't doing anything else. And they finally redeemed themselves with Fallen Order, which we all, if you guys listen to the podcast for any amount of time, you know what I think of that. Great story. Great story gameplay sucks um but I, what's interesting is is if you are a battlefront nerd like me which i've sort of become this this year throughout covid uh jumping back into battlefront 2 the the player count mark i don't know if you know this but like in the gaming community the player count for battlefront 2 has been skyrocketing since um mandalorian's been coming out uh and and players are looking to jump into star wars more and the numbers just keep going up like back to what they were when they when they stopped support for it and stopped releasing new content abruptly last this last spring. And so like last spring they just kind of abruptly cut off all future developments. They still had they had a lot of stuff in the pipeline as far as new heroes, new expansions that they're going to keep releasing, but they just never did. Um wow. Yeah, I, I thought they were still putting out content. I was like looking no. forward to a new Mandalorian update. That's and that's oh. what, no, they weren't. They but that's I'm sure that would have been the case. We would have gotten it, and that it's such a shame that the game got abandoned. But I think a big part of that was that it was sort of like permanently, its reputation was permanently sullied. But it it has even now currently a very passionate base of people still playing the game. Uh, which has just been growing in recent months. It's, I find it fascinating that, that it, it's the game that refuses to die. It was like, like back in April when they stopped releasing new content. But wow. uh, I think that's exciting because I, I, I'm really excited about the future of Star Wars gaming. The big flagship, obviously, next year is is Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. No confirmed date. Rumors are for a spring release. Um I would imagine that 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 tracks pretty well. So I, that will definitely be, like I t- like I talked about previously, Mark. I think what will get me to jump into a new the PS5, the next gen consoles, is Star Wars games, 
And so I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for that, for that news. Uh, you know, speaking of news, it just seems like, why don't we have any news like that? Multimedia project. Where's the high Republic game? <laughs> right. Wait I mean, a minute. How did I not? What? What? <laughs> what if they, all they need to do is call it Knights of the high Republic. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I'd be down with that. I'd be okay with that. I, yeah. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even second guess it. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Ryan, uh, in the chat said uh, maybe that's Battle, Phase Three. Battlefront Two has always been incredible, and the nice series are babies. Well, and that's the thing is like the actual gameplay of Battlefront Two and the visuals of it is incredible, and it's it's my absolute favorite type of gameplay. So I want I want Battlefront Three, and I want it with. Like, uh, imagine if they had a High Republic expansion and a Mandalorian expansion. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't leave the the Battlefront part alone. But I I, I really hope that we get uh, an announcement for uh, another uh, Battlefront game. Maybe not next year. That might be a little soon. But in the in in the coming years, I really hope we get a proper Battlefront three. Well, I would think with PlayStation Five, that's what I'm thinking. You're gonna want to put something out on that system. Yeah, and they've been doing all the backwards compatibility with the other digital games. So I mean, just one more reason to go out and get yourself those other games on the PlayStation Five with the upgraded graphics. Mm-hmm. What I want to get is the original Battlefront One and Two, but get the download content for that mm. because by the time I got online, yeah, and woke up or whatever, whatever that phrase is. <laughs> I never played that game online, so I never got the downloaded content. There is no Kit Fisto, no Wasage Ventress for me, and what other other goodies that were unlocked on that download content. Yeah. I have no idea how to get that stuff, but I want it. Yeah, I, want it. <laughs> yes. I, I think so. I, yeah, I, I think that'd be that'd be great. I, it'd be amazing. Uh, Nathan uh, has uh, Nathan in the chat has a good point. Um, hot take. The script of the High Republic game is what Claudia Gray couldn't talk about yesterday. So, uh, evidently in the stream, there's something that she Claudia Gray couldn't talk about. Something like that. That would be, oh, dude, that would be amazing. Especially if we, if it's like a a first proper open world Star Wars game, which we haven't really had to date. Uh, that fit the current, um, you know, next gen consoles, dude. Like we were mm-hmm. talking about in the in the bonus Rogue transmissions, we were talking about. Uh, vr and the future of of that but i mean come on knights of the high republic open world game role-playing like a skyrim style but in the star wars universe i i might i might i could go to destiny, I could die happy. destiny 2 mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of star wars in that regard with the way that you know it was an open ish gameplay yeah yeah I think so. And so as far as games go, obviously Lego Star Wars, I'm I'm a sucker. That's that's honestly what kind of got me I kind of got into games period around the time that the first Lego Star Wars came out. That's that's my kids first game because it was really their first game was Grand Theft Auto Five, riding on the back of the motorcycle while Dad was running from the cops. That was that's the highlight of their day. Mark, was getting on the back of the bike. Parent then of the century, was, Mark. <laughs> parent. <laughs> then, then we get to Lego, and I'm like, you can't die. Like you just lose your tokens. Like this is great. Mm. Yes, two year old Gavin and three year old Taylor had a blast. But you've been continuing to play. I, I think I just got the greatest hits or the the saga. I don't think I got the complete saga one yet. But mm. isn't 
it just the same exact game with new stuff every time, right? Like basically every version of the old game through the levels. The the puzzles get increasingly complex. Um, Not, but not like not Jedi Fallen Order complex. Let's not be crazy. But but they do like they I I was I recently w- when um, uh, PlayStation had a had a like a flash sale over the holidays and so I bought the Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens and played through the first level and I was like man this game has a lot more like intricate puzzles than it used to but they they were playable they're fun um, I was having a lot of fun and and the gameplay's evolved it's a lot smoother a lot kind of more more open and more territory to to play but you know. Well, I need a reason to go out and buy it again because my original Xbox that I let my son have in his room no longer will open the disc and it will no longer uh, work yeah. <laughs> at all. Uh, and then I found out that some of the games are actually backwards compatible on my Xbox One. Thankfully, almost all my Star Wars games with the exception of the Lego one. Mm, so nice. I was I was looking for an excuse already. So I'm like, well, I might as well get it. Be the original game again. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I so I'm excited. I think the Skywalker saga also has some more some new open world-ish. Not open world, but like much more expansive uh gameplay. So um yeah, Lego Star Wars is is awesome. Hey. Speaking I'm, I'm of expansive, right? mm. did you know that uh, there are levels to our patron? Ah, well, why, yes, there are. There are two. You in- can expand your level. How? <laughs> well, you can. Well, Mark, it's crazy that you asked this, but if you go to patreon.com slash Star Wars Report, you can see every single level uh, and support the show directly and get some cool bonus content. Like we briefly mentioned Rogue Transmissions a moment ago. We did a pre show segment on Star Wars and VR um, and, and talking about the future. Star Wars gaming. So we had a fun time kind of BSing around as I've nerded out about uh, all things Star Wars uh, VR, which it's an ILMX lab is at the forefront of developing VR. And I'm just excited that Star Wars is the kind of thing that, you know, is leading the way on that. But also, hey, uh, if pa- Patreon's awesome because it's a way to support the show directly and get cool bonus content for doing so. Um, we have the Bothan High Council level where we'll be setting up a. Uh, monthly we do a monthly hangout we didn't get to do one last month because of the holidays but we'll be setting one up here shortly for january um so you can check it all out patreon.com slash star wars report and uh make sure you subscribe to the show even if uh uh you can't make sure you subscribe to the show at uh whatever podcatcher you choose to use mr mark hurleman yeah. Let's uh let's punch a little bit of Boba's bounty. As you wish. As you wish. Uh, now every time I play Boba's bounty, I'm like, oh yeah, he's back in Star Wars. That guy. As you wish. Tamara Morrison. On Boba Fett. Um. So we talked. We touched on it briefly, but my Boba's bounty this week is Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Charles Soule, um, my favorite, I think fair to say, favorite Star Wars um, writer, uh, mostly for his for his um, Vader that's comics. Im- that's impressive. I mean, I was just gonna, you know, good, good in general, but you, that's that's. I mean, because I was Claudia Gray is up there, man. I was like, <laughs> and, and now I, Charles, it's the Vader Charles comics, man. Book, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know where to put. I, 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 it's just you, you can't. 
the greatest Star Wars storytelling, I think, of the Disney era, um, the original Vader uh, comic run. Um, not the most the most recent one's a little weird, but I love I love all, all of Charles Soule's run on Vader. It's amazing. It's amazing. If you haven't read it, you've got to. So uh, it's fair to say that I was pretty excited and drawn a lot more into jumping into the high republic when i found out he's doing a star wars novel for the first time so uh, i'm like i say i read the entire sort of i would say it's like a long prelude that sets up this imminent i'll stay uh, i'll stay mostly spoiler free very light spoilers here a little bit for the book but um out today everybody light of the jedi but uh it introduces a whole series of jedi knights coming to the rescue of this imminent threat to the whole galaxy and it sets up a universe where the outer rim is sort of this unheard of Western frontier. And, and I like the setup. I like the era. I love the, the idea of the High Republic. So far, none of the characters have really grabbed me yet, like I was talking about briefly before, Mark. But I, I, I want to reserve judgment because they, this really is the setup, this whole prelude. It's, it, it is yeah. pretty, it's a long one, but it, it, it's a page turner. I literally I read almost the whole thing in one night. Uh, I just like buzzed through a hundred pages because you just, each chapter starts with X amount of time until impact. And it has ha, kind of has this way of drawing you in like impact, impact of what, what's going to happen. You know, it's a, it draws you in uh, that way. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm hopeful that, um, that some of these characters can fill the shoes. Cause that's uh, to me, Star Wars really the character archetypes are important and, and we haven't really seen um, Star Wars characters in the archetypes that we know yet. So I, I'm excited to see heroes rise in a way that I would expect the Jedi Knights of the High Republic, you know, the Guardians of Peace and Justice, uh, to to be the heroes that I would want. So uh, I, I look forward to finishing the book. Mark, I know you finished it. Uh, what's your Boba's bounty? Man, you know, there's <laughs> been so many good things in it lately in the last month. I mean, I should do Light of the Jedi, but I feel like I've talked about it enough at the beginning of the episode that I probably should just shut up now <laughs> before I pull a, uh, a Tom Holland. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> good. Disney mad at me. Uh, behind me, if you're watching our YouTube special. What? Streaming live. I should have plugged uh, that during the segment. My gosh. Right, right. Uh, my my six-inch series. Um, All I right. finally got my Ahsoka let me full screen. Let me full screen you for the folks. There you go. There you go. So yeah, behind me over here at the end of my finger is Ahsoka Tano Mandalorian equipped. I've got the uh, Ahsoka Tano 332nd Stormtrooper. I have another one. Mm. The idea was to flank them. But then I was like, I'm going to leave one in the box. It looks so good. <laughs> so, I, so, so the other one's still in the box. I do actually have Jaina Solo over there, but that's that's not new. Uh, in the new stuff also, though, I got the uh, up here is the uh, Loyalist Mandalorian, the nice. Maldalorian. I got Boba Fett flying because, of course, you know, Boba Fett's got to be flying. You can't see Django. He's way up there, uh, as are my other Mandalorian stuff. But, yeah, I, I've been getting a lot more of the, the Black Series. I started taking the advice of some friends that were like, you should just be buying them from the stores. You should just be going online, doing it all through Hasbro plus pulse, this, that, the other thing. And I, you know, I started doing the Walmart stuff and that was a nightmare. I ordered oh, yeah. that stuff in June. Mm-hmm. And I just now got the last one like a week ago. Like, Congratulations. And now, and one of them even got canceled. And then my wife had to reorder it a whole drama. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I really get a kick out of them. And then I've got a, a venom pool over here. Cause I also do Marvel. Uh, oh, nice. Figures. 
I like well. it. I like it. <laughs> no, I keep keeping keeping some collecting alive in the segment. I appreciate that. I can. I I too can appreciate that. Um. Yeah. Well. Well done, Mark. I I uh, think that's a show. I think that is about all you can do for an episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Let's get some Ewoks going on here. Actually, you know what? I should. I, I should proper. I, I'm going to do this right at the beginning of our of our credits. I know you guys. You're about to turn it off. You're like, ah, all the plugs at the end of the show. Whatever. No. Mm-mm. God, Ewoks behind me. Oh, there you go. Maybe a little jam session going. Mark, you can do... Here's what we're going to do for the YouTube. You can get the Ewok jam session going. I'll put you on full screen there. And while uh, Mark's Ewoks are doing some jamming, I'll tell you guys that uh, you should subscribe to the Star Wars Report YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube.com slash Star Wars Report. Huh, it's that easy to remember. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, tonight as we record this is our sort of first time uh, live streaming from it. So on Tuesday nights... Uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the foreseeable future until it has to change, <laughs> like it does. Uh, we're going to do the show live and incorporate uh, you guys listening live in the chat, hang out some before and after the show, make it basically a, a virtual Star Wars hangout sesh. So make sure you join us, subscribe, uh, turn on, smash the like buttons, whatever you do, yeah, uh, whatever, whatever it is. And we'll be putting more content on the on the YouTube channel as well. So make sure you do that. Subscribe, youtube.com slash Star Wars Report. Just search for Star Wars Report. Same thing applies to wherever you listen to podcasts, just Star Wars Report. And I do encourage you to share the show. If you've got any buddies, any friends that uh, are into the whole Star Wars thing, let them know about, this, uh, about the podcasts. You can follow us on social media. It's at Star Wars Report on Twitter. Mr. Hurlman, people can find you at Illogical Rogue 2. Any plugs that you want to shout out? Yeah, just a true story. I'm also on TikTok doing stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see Mark do stupid things on TikTok, it's at Illogical Rogue 2, right? Illogical Rogue 2? Yep. Nice. I love it. I love it. Uh, TikTok. It's crazy, guys. Uh, and then also, I'm, I'm not on TikTok. Um, but I'll tell you what uh, I am. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's at the Riley Guy. I'm also on Twitter. Same handle, the Riley Guy. You can shoot us an email, StarWarsReport at gmail dot com, and stay in touch in between shows uh, on the website. Make sure you check out all the content at uh, StarWarsReport dot com. Until next time, guys. May the force be with you. And remember. Many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Thanks for jumping in on the, str- on the stream, guys. Appreciate it. Until next time, we will see ya here at the Star Wars Report podcast. Shout out the real Oh,
We had uh, 42 people tuned in. And, uh, Could you imagine if that song was playing at the cantina and Hans all like, 